Welcome to the Chasing Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today. Each episode is full of heartfelt and expansive content that will really help you expand your consciousness and grow as a person. I created this podcast because I wanted to share my own personal experiences on my spiritual journey, but I also wanted to meet others and have them share what they've been through and how they've gotten to where they are today. If you haven't done so already, it would really mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the podcast. This really helps the podcast grow and reach more people, but it also allows me to get more guests on the show. Now on to today's topic. Welcome back to Chasing Spirituality. Today I'm interviewing Rachel Leah Gerson. I'm so excited to interview her and share this conversation with you guys. It's very powerful and we cover so many interesting topics. I mean, we go over astrology and numerology, but we also go over trauma and how you can develop different mental illnesses that really could have an energetic cause. We talk about that. We talk about attachment styles and how this plays out in relationships. And we really just talk about a lot of really important things. So a little bit about Rachel. She is a metaphysical practitioner, psychic educator, and limited licensed practicing counselor. She is the creator of Doorway to Self, where she offers metaphysical sessions that integrate the use of counseling techniques with psychic education and spiritual tools to help you find, embrace, and step into your truest self. Rachel delved deep into the depths of her own shadow after years of self-loathing, psychic abuse, and a complete misunderstanding of her own abilities. She emerged in a place of deep self-love and a grounded, balanced, and an understood psychic practice. Her own self-work took her from a place of diagnosed bipolar 1 disorder to a revoked diagnosis and a clean bill of mental health. We go into this more at the beginning of the podcast episode. So I really encourage you to listen to the end just because we cover so many things. And if you really enjoy the episode and you liked hearing more about my history that I go into, um, I encourage you to check out my blog. It talks a lot more about my upbringing and the kind of things I experienced through childhood, which led me to where I am today. So Join me in welcoming Rachel to the show. So I have Rachel Leah Garrison with me here today. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Maggie. Thank you so much for asking and for having me on. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. It's um, It's been an interesting day. The weather here has uh, not been so great, but it could have been worse. I'm hoping we don't have any uh, connectivity issues. <laughs> Um, but finger, yeah, fingers crossed. I was just thinking it when you did it. <laughs> um, Seems like it connections already here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that's kind of been what happened from the beginning. When I reached out to you, you were thinking about reaching out to me and you mentioned when I emailed you or when I messaged you that you felt like there was like this soul, you know, soul sister connection. And I agree before I start asking all the juicy questions that I have for you. <laughs> Will you just um, share a little bit, or I guess as much as you want to, about your history and I guess what really led you 
to this discovery of self and self-improvement and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've heard you ask other people this on your show and every time I hear it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a huge question. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm going to try and give the bite-sized version. Um, uh, so basically I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a metaphysical practitioner and psychic educator. Uh, my company is called Doorway to Self and I merge together psychic tools with counseling techniques um, to basically help people understand mental health from a more energetic level. Um, I believe that if you're human, you're psychic. Um, it just makes sense. Like we are energetic beings, we are energy. And so why would we not be able to perceive energy in all of these different facets and modalities of psychic experience? Um, so basically in a nutshell, my personal story is that when I was 19 years old, I was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder. Um, and I basically did a lot of work on myself over the next couple of years after that to, uh, research my patterns. I did something called behavior and mood tracking, which is, um, very kind of run of the mill standard, uh, procedure in, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And, um, what it is, is you just track kind of how you're feeling and when you're experiencing ups or downs or starting to feel an up coming on or a down coming on or whatever, and you're tracking, um, what you are experiencing throughout the day. And I started finding these correlations of when I would have mood experiences throughout my day, it was also coinciding with other people who I knew or who I was around who were having heightened emotional experiences. Um, and I already had explored the psychic world so much. I mean, basically my entire life was the psychic world forever. Like I don't remember a time in my life when it wasn't. Um, and so I already kind of had these conjectures about, oh, are they really hallucinations or are they clairvoyant experiences, right? Psychic sight or clairaudient experiences, psychic hearing, um, you know, is that kind of what's going on here? And so I started to delve into, well, if those are my feelings about hallucinations and, you know, kind of that correlation between hallucinations and schizophrenia or bipolar disorder with hallucinations or whatever, then why would moods be any different? Um, and so I started looking into clairempathy, AKA being an empath um, and clairsentience, which is basically the ability to feel and perceive the energy between yourself and the world around you and the people around you. Um, and I started to understand that that's what I was experiencing. And so two years after I had my diagnosis uh, given to me by two different conferring psychologists, um, the diagnosis was actually revoked. And they said, you have healed yourself. Uh, we don't know how you did it, but you somehow did. And so um, I was declared no longer bipolar. And I was like, wow, shoot, if I could do this for myself, then there have to be so many other people who are undergoing same the same or similar experiences and maybe mental illness as a whole is just based in a complete misunderstanding of the psychic world and how we experience psychic phenomena and um 
so yeah, I, I basically have come to, to find and believe and understand that all mental illness is due to a misunderstanding of how to wield our psychic experiences and um, interactions with the psychic world uh, that then basically shift the brain um, and allow for chemicals to release in different ways where um, illness then manifests. So that's uh, in a nutshell, my story and kind of what I do. So, yeah. Yeah, I really resonate with that because I've had many conversations with my husband um, about similar topics where people with um, diagnosed mental illness you know, maybe there's something bigger that we're not, you know, that we're not seeing that doctors aren't able to, you know, say because they can't scientifically prove it. And we've, we've had all kinds of conversations about, you know, whether that be um, just interaction with energy in general, or whether they have certain energetic attachments that are, you know, latching onto them and really impacting their moods. And I know that in my own personal journey, I've also found that our body holds on to energy as well. And it will react in certain ways that we, you know, like for P PTSD, for example, you know, most of the time you have a reaction in your body before you have the angry outburst or before you have the meltdown. And so why wouldn't it be the same that when you have a reaction in your mind, you know, that it's also caused by something else that we just haven't discovered yet. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. And you know, what I said was, I, I kept saying in a nutshell, like this is the bite-sized mm -hmm. version because it goes so far beyond, you know, when we're talking about psychic experience, a lot of people just kind of limit that to seeing things or hearing things or smelling things or tasting things or, and actually most people don't even know that psychic smell and taste exist, but they do. <laughs> um, but we don't uh, and i'm so grateful actually the last couple of years so many more people have become educated about the idea of epigenetics um which is basically like um your body storing trauma from generations well before yours um and that is actually a scientifically proven thing um I believe that's psychic phenomena as well. I mean, why wouldn't energy and and memory passed through our DNA, through our cells? Why would that not be psychic? And I think a lot of people divorce the psychic world from the physical world. And that in and of itself, I, I think is so inherent to our societal experience of mental illness because we are psychic beings, like our body is energy at the den the definition of energy. If you look at physics, right, the definition of energy is something with movement. It is, it's moving. Well, what are our bodies? They're constantly moving their cells. They're made up of, of molecules that are needing to vibrate in order to exist. Um, the entire physical world is energy. Um, and so many people fail to make that connection. And, and because of that, I think there's just an inherent disconnect. 
um, and so much room for spiritual bypassing and, um, yeah, I'm, I will continue rambling if you don't cut me off here. So. <laughs> no, no, I loved it. I love the way the conversation is going because, you know, you said it very well and I, I agree with you. We, we are energy. Everything is energy. And I say that in my podcast all the time. Yes, you do. And yeah, it's just, it's like science is resistant to seeing that, but I have, you know, there are a lot of studies that are starting to prove that more and more and more, um, even though it's been, you know, shunned for years, they're starting to accept it, which is, which is, you know, very, very good. You know, it's definitely good to see that there's scientists out there that are actually starting to get credit for this stuff and yes. they're not just brushing them aside. And they even, I'm sure you've heard of this, but there's that study they did on the, um, the rats where they could see how the, they did some kind of test where they did something traumatic to rats and it was passed on to their offspring and to their offspring, even though the new rats were never exposed to this trauma, they were never, you know, in the same situation, they still reacted the same way they would had they been exposed to it. Yeah. And that alone, you know, shows that we we carry things from our ancestors and from generation to generation, whether we experience it or not. And we come from a long generation of traumatized people. I mean, every race, every person, every background at some point has experienced so much trauma. And it's it's just to me, if you are on this spiritual journey, this is the deepest and the most healing and beneficial work that you can do is mm -hmm. to learn, like you say in your podcast all the time, to learn more about yourself, to know yeah. thyself, but also to heal thyself. Yes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I know that you're into um, astrology and you also practice numerology. And like I just mentioned on your podcast, you talk about, you know, to really go forward on this journey, you have to know yourself. Would you say that those tools were a big gateway for you into, you know, getting to know yourself? 100%. I just got chills actually thinking about it. Um, and it's funny, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Um, there's been like this weird... You know, actually, I think all through the pandemic, there's been this weird like opening of a portal that happened societally where we're like able to time travel, so to speak, back to different parts of our lives or different generations or whatever. Um, and for some reason, 2016 has been ringing in so clearly for me the last like two months, probably, um, which is when I opened my business. Um, but the entire path to get there, I opened in September of 2016, the entire path to get there started in February of that year, um, which is just so crazy that that happened so quickly, but so much of it was this journey through my numerological chart and my astrological chart and understanding both of those things um i actually just put an article out on my blog um not too long ago um about 
getting my numerology chart done for the first time, um, which I had done by numerologist Carol Adrian, who is just a phenomenal being. Um, for those of you who are listening to this who don't know her work, um, she wrote a book called The Purpose of Your Life and many other books, but that book in particular um, really sent me um, into a deep and expansive part of my journey. Um, but she was the first person to introduce a birth path number to me, which is essentially your entire birth date added together. So you add your birth month, birthday, and birth year together. Um, you get some big number in the thousands, and then you would add that number across um, until you get a number below 10. Um, unless it's a double number, but we won't go there. Um, so. <laughs> So she she introduced to me that my birth path number is a three um, and three is all about communication, creation, transformation, transmutation, creativity, um, cycles of life, uh, life, death and rebirth, etc. Um, and just understanding that in general made so much sense in the world to me because I was like, oh my gosh, these are all the things that I love. And of course, you know, I want to guide people through their own transformation. Uh, and I have found that I do it through hmm, learning what my own transformation is like. And, you know, it's, I, I want to do that through speaking and singing and writing and all of the, all of these modalities of communication. Well, guess what? That's my purpose. It's laid out right before me. Um, and my purpose is not only to do that myself, but to help other people to access their own communication magic as well. Um, where it got even more in depth is she also showed me my life path number, which is in essence, every letter of the alphabet has an associated number one through nine. And so you add all of the letters in your name together. Um, and when you add your full name together, you get your life path number. Um, and for me, that's a seven, which is the number of researching the human condition. Um, and so essentially, you know, your life path number denotes how you're going to complete your life's purpose. So I am completing communicating and helping other people to transform through researching the human condition. And I'm like, wait, yes, that is everything that I do. Um, and what's amazing to me is, you know, when I, when I do work with clients in the capacity of helping them understand the numerology um, of their own names and birth dates and et cetera, watching them have those light bulb moments and those clickings, you know, it's, it's things that, things that I would, if, if it were, you know, quote unquote, my chart, for instance, like if my name were to add to, I don't know, a four, nine, I would probably be like, that makes zero sense for me. Um, but this person who I'm reading for is like, Oh, that's me. It makes all the sense in the world. And just, <laughs> I guess trying to, I guess just just even delivering this information um, and watching people to really connect with seeing themselves through that lens is, um, it's it's just a beautiful experience. So, yeah, that's the numerology. The astrology is a whole other 
<laughs> yeah, I had, um, I, I would say I had a very similar experience when I first um, really started to go through my, my spiritual awakening. I was drawn to astrology hmm. and I, I downloaded my entire chart and started reading about myself. And for the first time, I felt like something understood me. I felt yeah. like I knew who I was, like my soul made sense. And this was really big for me, especially, you know, going through my entire life, not feeling like, you know, like I was understood. And so it was, it was definitely a big doorway for me, for sure. And I just had a feeling that it was for you as well. And numerology oh, yeah. has, you know, been really impactful for me as well. Um, I'm a little confused though. Do some people call the life path number, the birth path number as well? Yes. Yeah. Cause I know so, there's different types of numerology. There's like three or four different ways or different styles, I guess, just like there's different styles of astrology. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's yes. Yes. Um, a lot of people will call the birth, what I call the birth path, which is to me, your full birthday added together. A lot of people will call that the life path number, which is just confusing to me because it's like, that's what I call the other number. So whenever I have a client who is coming in and they're like, oh yeah, I did my numerology and my life path numbers, et cetera, et cetera. I'll, I'll, take a moment and check in with them and be like, okay, cool. So do you mean your birthday added together or your name added together? Because there is kind of that, that weird language barrier that happens. Um, but yeah, as far as the astrology thing goes, I, I 100% can, um, can empathize with you there. I had a very similar experience, um, being really young too, I started studying astrology when I was 11. Um, and I am still, I'm almost 30. I am still learning new things about my chart all the time, like on a monthly basis, because it's so dense astrology in and of itself, you know, and like you just said, there are so many different modalities. Um, and as I'm getting into specifically um, what's called sidereal astrology, which is um, basically the, tr the truth of our skies, so to speak, it's, it's where the um, planets are actually showing up in our night skies physically, if you were to look at them. Um, it's just there's so much to unpack and there are so many different angles and lenses and understandings and the beauty of it is is that i find that the exact thing we need shows up exactly when we need it and never before then like even if it shows up before then it's like um like a little seed from the universe to be like yeah you're gonna remember this moment like I was thinking the other day I was remembering, um, this is just a funny, funny thing. When I was a junior in college, I lived uh, with five of my best friends in a house with a ball pit in the basement. It was pretty epic. Um, <laughs> but I was having this memory of laying with one of my friends in the ball pit where, you know, like playing with all the, the plastic balls and throwing them at each other. And he he knew I was into astrology and he was like, so 
what do you think about this 13 sign stuff? Like, do you think that this 13 sign astrology actually exists? Or is this something that somebody's making up as like some sort of ploy to, you know, get a bunch of money or throw people off or something? And I remember so vividly, like 21 year old Rachel being like, yeah, no, 13 sign is BS. It does not exist. Um, people are making it up, blah, 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 blah. And now, you know, almost a decade later, I'm like, actually, though, um, no, it's, it's very real. And it's more real in many ways than the 12 sign um, Western system that we've been using. Uh, so that's been kind of a trip and a journey. But I share that story because sometimes just the universe will plant these seeds in us to be like, do you know this is a thing that exists? It makes you deeply uncomfortable and you're probably not going to look at it for years and years and years. But when you do, you'll be more prepared for it because this moment introduced you to the energy. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I, I seem to have that happen a lot on my journey as well. I'll remember something that you know, happened years ago that I just brushed off or I, I was definitely resistant to it back then. And it's like, it comes full circle. And now that I'm ready for it, it introduces itself to me again. And that's when I'm able to, you know, accept it, or at least research and dig deeper to find what parts of it resonate with me and what parts of it don't. I find it very interesting because I am also number three. Are you really? Oh, yes. hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I felt, I felt that like, I felt me and you both are good at communicating and we want to communicate what we have learned. We want to communicate and share what has helped us and what has, you know, really been important to us. And we, we want to share that so much because we want to see it help others just like it has helped, helped us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So going to switch lanes a little bit. All right. This is a, (laughs) this is something I discovered when I was actually listening to your podcast. So you have a full episode on this. If anyone wants to go and listen to this episode, I definitely recommend it. Will you talk a little bit about attachment styles? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love this topic. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, uh, so, okay, so I guess I haven't said this yet, but I do have formal training. Um, I had a, um, I got my master's in clinical mental health counseling from Western Michigan University. And, um, so I am a limited licensed counselor as recognized by the state of Michigan. I do have counselor technique training. Um, attachment styles come from counseling techniques. Um, it's basic psychology. Um, and essentially there are four different types of attachment styles. So you can have, so, okay, let me back up here. Attachment styles develop in birth, um, and in our younger, our younger ages, um, specifically. And of course they morph throughout our lives, depending on what relationships we have with people and et cetera. 
But the way that they develop is from the way that our relationship with our caregiver or caregivers was from a young age. And so we can have one of four or sometimes several different types of attachment styles. Uh, the first would be secure attachment. So that's super healthy attachment. It means that you go through life having relationships that are, you have a lot of trust. You trust that the other person is going to show up. You trust that the other person is going to give you your, your space. You trust that you can fully embody and be yourself around any given person without any issue. Most people do not have a, a secure attachment style. Like it's super, super, super rare. So we normally will see the other three types of attachment styles. So you can have uh, anxious attachment style, which is essentially being really anxious, trusting that another person is, or excuse me, distrusting um, that other other people are going to show up. So there might be a complete fear that um, someone is not going to show up for things or that they're constantly going to leave, like this constant fear of people leaving you, fear of abandonment. Um, there might be this fear of not being able to rely on others. So knowing that people are going to show up, but probably not at the time that you need them. Um, uh, also a huge anxiety about being yourself and, and being able to embody. So that's anxious attachment style in a nutshell. Um, then we see avoidant attachment style, which would be um, essentially not wanting to get close to anyone, uh, which is also based in abandonment stuff as well, usually. Um, but there's this, this kind of, oh, if I don't get too close to anybody, then I can't get hurt. So there's this constant pushing people away or hurting people on purpose to kind of keep them further away or maybe not opening up so deeply to other people or um, kind of keeping people at an arm's length in general. And then we see the final attachment style, which is disorganized attachment. Um, and that's a combination of anxious and avoidant attachment styles. So sometimes there might be this act out of, um, you know, this fear of don't leave me. And then this like, oh, please go away because I can't be too close to you. So there's kind of this push pull type thing that manifests. Right. Yeah. And speaking back on mental illness, just the attachment styles alone would make someone exhibit a lot of symptoms of several different mental illnesses. Absolutely. And, you know, if you were to really do some self-awareness and kind of look at how you act around certain people or in certain relationships or in certain situations, you could really, you know, discover that it's not something that you actually need medication for, not saying anyone should stop taking their medication, but it's not something that's necessarily a chemical imbalance that is caused because you're just, there's an inherent, there's something inherently wrong with you. It's something that you have been conditioned at birth and with awareness and therapy and maybe medication, this is something that you can, you know, get through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think specifically for anxious attachment style, what you're speaking to is, you know, because that's a whole lot of anxiety. I mean, for somebody with pretty severe anxious attachment style, um, that might look like walking around being anxious literally all the time because you don't know who can who you can trust or you don't feel like you can fully embody yourself. And 
for, you know, for those of you who don't know specifically the paradigm that my theory about mental illness is built on, I, I essentially believe that it's when we're void of ourselves that we then allow other energies to come in and kind of fill the space that, that we're not occupying. And so if you're not fully occupying your body, if you're not 100% embodied as yourself, it then allows for other energies to come in and take up some of that space and the energy of anxiety. That's a big one that tends to fill up space. Um, and then of course people have anxious reactions to energies that are not their own and so if the energy of anxiety is in your body and then you start having an anxious reaction to that anxiety it's just going to start cycling over and over and over and getting bigger and bigger and bigger um so yeah 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 me personally i i would say i'm disorganized mm -hmm. i go back and forth um i have definitely a lot of abandonment issues and I've done a lot of healing in this area I've become a lot more aware um but this is something that I also believe is generational for me my mom uh, passed these this the disorganized attachment onto me and my dad was avoidant my mom grew up in the foster care system she her she lost her mother at seven her mother got her back she experienced a lot of abuse and a lot of trauma. And then me growing up, being exposed to her disorganized attachment and her ups and downs. My mom was diagnosed um, at the time. It was still called manic depressive. Mm -hmm. She was diagnosed with that. She was diagnosed with anxiety. Um, my dad was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. They were both alcoholics. They were both addicts. I was a very neglected child. So for me, it was normal for me to crave that attention, to crave to be, you know, to want my mother or my father to be loved and to be held. But then I also didn't want them anywhere around me. I wanted them to leave me alone because what would it mean when they got close to me, when I let them in? Yeah. And for a long time, I just operated with all of those ideas that there was something wrong with me that you know mm -hmm. that I was not worthy of being loved I was not worthy of that type of attention and that type of affection and it was during my my awakening that I, I realized that it that wasn't me at all that was just ideas those were just beliefs that were placed upon me from what I had assumed my mother loved me the best way that she could. And I know that, but she couldn't ever love herself enough to love properly. And I feel like that's a, a big thing when it comes to really healing ourselves and getting through our own trauma and our grief and getting to know who we really are. We have to learn that we have to love ourselves first. We have to love who we are in spite of what, ha what has happened to us, in spite of what we've done, what's been done to us, because at our core, we are love. Yes. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's important. I think it's really important for people to hear that 
you know, that everyone has these thoughts, everyone has these feelings of, of not being good enough. Yes. And even though I have done a lot of work and I've done a lot of healing, they still creep in because these are in my subconscious, you know, these are patterns and I am more aware of them now. So when they do creep in, I know, Hey, that's my anxious attachment style. That's, that's flaring up. Well, why, why is it flaring up? And then I'm able to communicate that with the people that I love and say, Hey, you know, I'm feeling anxious because Mm. this happened. And that's just the first step to being able to communicate when you are having these reactions. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Um, thank you for doing the work on this because that's so huge and it's not light and it's not easy. And you know, what you just said about the, the thoughts creeping in still and et cetera, it's like, yeah, not only is it in your subconscious, but it's also layered. There are layers upon layers upon layers there. It's not just what you experience from your mom. It's not just what you experience from your dad. It's what you experience from them in that moment in childhood. And then also your entire time growing up. It's also what you experience from your peers. It's also what you experienced in your relationships, you know, romantically or otherwise, as you were growing up and, and, um, you know, so, so these things accumulate new angles and meanings and lenses and, and, um, substance that we then have to, or we don't have to, we can choose to dig through and, and find the gold in there. Um, you know, you, you were speaking about astrology earlier and there's an asteroid that I come back to over and over and over again. And it's the asteroid Chiron, um, which is representative of what's called the wounded healer. And essentially Chiron in a person's chart shows the journey of how can we turn our wounds into wisdom? What, where were we wounded in our childhood or in our lifetime in general? And, and where is the gold in there? How can we utilize this as our own teaching for ourselves and then for others? Um, you don't have to be, you know, a spiritual mentor or a teacher of any sort for that to kick in. I think we all, I mean, literally every single person has Chiron in their chart because it's not like it just fell out of the sky when <laughs> certain people were born. <laughs> um, we all have this capacity um, to transform. And I just, I'm grateful to you, Maggie, for doing the work and for for being an example of you know, and then and then coming on here and sharing that and sharing your story as an example um, of how the healing works and what it looks like, and um, specifically this this piece about being able to communicate with others. Hey, I'm feeling anxious right now. I'm feeling you didn't use this verbiage, but I'm feeling triggered right now. My anxiety is really triggered right now. Um, I don't, and most of the time we don't even know why until like days later, weeks later, whatever. Um, so it's just, just even that little communication. And if we've chosen people in our lives who, um, are healthy, then they'll be able to understand that and say, okay, cool. 
you know, thanks for letting me know, or what do you need right now? Or how can I support you in this? Or, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's not always easy to, to say that, you know, you're triggered or that you're anxious. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not always easy to be aware of those things. And sometimes you will react before you realize it. And I'm, I'm very guilty of that, but are I've you gotten to where, <laughs> are you guilty or are you just human? Like, why do we have to be yeah. guilty about that? <laughs> yes, I, I'm very, I'm very human. Um, and I've noticed that the awareness will come. Sometimes it's not until after I've snapped or after I've, you know, flown off the handle. But when it comes, I try, I try to be honest and say, I was, I was anxious and I, I reacted in a way that, that wasn't, wasn't fair. It wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for you. And if an apology is needed, I apologize. But and then I try to sit with myself with, with love and understanding and compassion because we feel so much shame when we do have these reactions, when we act in a way that, you know, that we shouldn't have, but that, that again is just another conditioning. I mean, we, we don't need to be ashamed of, of what we have felt or what we've done or how we've reacted because it's, it's not our fault. It's simply part of this human experience. It's, it's, and I think you talked about this in your self-love episode um, that you did, you know, you are not, there's nothing wrong with you. There, there's never been anything wrong with you you are love. It's everything that has happened to you during this lifetime, everything that you've experienced, everything that you have accumulated on, on this journey. That is what is, is tripping you up. You know, that is what's triggering you and what's making you act out of alignment. Yes, definitely. Definitely. It's like, you know, I, I think about this metaphor of, um, if you were to, take, I don't know, the most beautiful crystal that you've ever seen in your life, right? And you take it to the top of the hill and the hill is covered in the dirtiest snow you have ever seen ever, right? And you take that crystal and you kind of rub it in the snow a minute and then you push it real fast and it goes down the hill and it starts getting all of this dirty snow and this huge dirty snowball just accumulates around this crystal you're never going to know that crystals in there if somebody were to walk by they'd be like oh gosh that's a really dirty snowball like that's disgusting (laughs) like "Ah, i can't wait until that melts away well yeah exactly i can't wait until that melts away because little do they know little do we know that crystal is is in there and it's that same thing you know when we're when we're conceived we are that crystal and and even just like growing in our mother's womb we're already accumulating dirty snow like there's already we're already taking on so much trauma um just even in the womb and then through the birth experience and you know, coming out and then it's life. (laughs) And it's like all of these experiences that we have that just it's layer upon layer upon layer of dirty snow trauma um, that, you know, we're we're melting away slowly but surely until we can rediscover the clarity of of 
who we are um, mm -hmm. as that love. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I really like that analogy or dirty snow trauma. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, you know, every time we are triggered, I've all, I always say this, um, every time we're triggered, it is our soul communicating with us, telling us that we, that we have some kind of limiting belief. We have some kind of programming that is not, it is not true. It is not in our alignment. It's not part of our soul. And this comes from all of the dirty snow that we've been rolling around in for, you know, our, since our existence. So for me, that's kind of how I got to the root of all of my own personal, you know, things, my own personal attachment styles and all the, all the unpacking is I started watching my triggers. And when I was triggered, I started just asking the questions, you know, why, why am I triggered right now? What is really bothering me at the surface? Mm -hmm. And it takes time. And like you said, it's layers, it's layer upon layer upon layer. And I really feel like that's kind of our purpose here is to unpack all of this and to pull back each layer so that we can become who we're meant to be. We can become in full alignment with our soul. Yes. Mm. Gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked what you talked about when you were speaking on the dark night of the soul mm -hmm. and the numbness aspect of it, that really resonated with me. And I've never heard anyone describe it like that. Could you talk a little bit about that for any of our listeners who may be going through a dark night of the soul or who have experienced one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, dark night is one of my favorite topics because <sighs> It's something, I mean, it, it's something that most people would look at and label as mental illness. You know, it's most people would see a dark night. Um, I'm definitely going through one right now. You know, I'm in the midst of my Saturn return, coming back to that astrology. Um, if y'all are not familiar with that and you're between the ages of like 27 and 30 or 54 and 60 or uh, 80 and 88, you're going mm. through it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean we um, have to go through this three times? <laughs> yes, we do. Because Saturn comes back to the same place in our chart where it was when we were born every 27 to 30 years. Um, so, uh, yeah, fun, fun <laughs> times, um, fun times. But, you know, I so much of so much, I guess, yeah, I'm going to get real raw here. So much of what I've been experiencing these last couple of months has been a huge gaslight on myself of like, oh gosh, Rachel, like you, maybe you are mentally ill. Like maybe your bipolar is back again because there have been so many ups and downs just like consecutively. Like sometimes I feel like I've been experiencing what's called cyclothymia, um, which is basically like really fast shifting ups and downs, um, manic and depressive episodes. But every single time I'm coming into something like that, I'm like, no, Rachel, this isn't mania. It's just happiness. Like you're just happy and you're aligned and it's okay. Um, and every time I come into that depression, it's like, yeah, your soul is shifting right now. You are getting major upgrades. You're just needing to like 
slow down, chill out and work through this. Um, but that numbness aspect that you spoke about is, um, I don't think everyone experiences it during the dark night. Um, some people have super intensive, like deeply emotional dark night experiences where that numbness just isn't present. Um, but other people with the dark night, there will be these, these kind of moments in between those huge heightened emotions where there's this feeling of just complete disconnect. There might even be full like um, disembodiment experiences um, where you're just not here, you've dissociated, you're gone from your body. Um, but it's because, I mean, there are just so many underlying factors. Like there, there are just so many things shifting, to put it very lightly. There are so many things shifting all at the same time that it's basically like your soul getting used to being in a new place. Um, and when that happens, there can just be this experience of overwhelm where a person will just shut down. And there's this feeling of kind of being completely disconnected from everyone and everything. Why? Because you're disconnect disconnected from your body. Um, but it's also necessary for that to happen at that point in time, because you're, you're kind of outgrowing yourself. It's almost like, um, emotional growing pains, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope that that uh, answered that question. Did I touch on exactly what you were speaking to? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely did. Because with my, with my own personal um, spiritual journey, I started off, um, I guess, when I actually was aware of what, I, what was going on is I, I was became very, very depressed. And, you know, I was just really down, not myself, didn't want to be around anyone, didn't find joy in the same things. And then from there, it went to complete isolation, but mm -hmm. I was numb. I mm -hmm. just, I didn't feel anything. I didn't, I didn't care. And I did, I detached majorly, but then it was like, I slowly started wanting to do better. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even realize what was going on at first. It was so strange. It was just, I was aware that I was depressed. I was aware that I was, you know, not communicating with people properly, that I wasn't myself. I became aware of these things instead of just living in them. And I would just say, hmm, well, you know, I'm not, I'm isolating today. I don't feel like being around anyone. And then it was just this acceptance, this acceptance of, well, I'm here. I don't feel like being around anyone. So it is what it is. And then it's just like this light clicked on and started shining all these lights on all of this stuff and all of this awareness. And that's when it was like, well, you know, maybe you're, you're depressed because you're not, you know, being around people that actually bring you joy. You're being around people that are always in a bad mood or always aggravating you or, you know, talking down to you. Well, maybe you feel this way because you haven't been out in the sun in three months, you know, just things like this started just to kind of come through, you know, and I started paying attention to it. And the next thing I know, I'm a completely different person. And yes. it's like you said, it's like I was making way for this transition for 
this upgrade for this soul soul level upgrade because I I went from a I mean I really did I had a huge shift in personality someone would have been like oh that's a that's a different person <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, no, I can, I can fully relate to that. And I think that anybody who's had a dark night of the soul would probably say something similar because it is, it is that I, um, you know, I think a lot of the reason dark night happens, uh, nowadays is because we live in such a fast paced society that doesn't allow for rest and doesn't allow for, um, introspection as much and, or at least time for it. That's, conducive um and so it's like we we subconsciously shut ourselves down right it's like we subconsciously give ourselves the permission to totally hide away um i've gone through several dark nights and one of them i can't, I can't remember exactly what i spoke about on that episode uh that you're referring to because it was a while ago but uh <laughs> one of them was actually right before february of 2016 so right before i started getting all of these downloads for my business um and it was you know, I, I was literally physically incapacitated. My entire body was not functioning. I had to quit my job. I was living at my parents' house. Like I, I, I was completely, completely incapacitated. Um, and there was zero logical rhyme or reason for it. It was just, if I was moving for like an hour, I'd get exhausted and I had extreme fatigue and I just couldn't do anything other than lay on the couch and sometimes watch TV and sometimes journal and sometimes think. Um, but you know, it's, it was in reflection, um, and especially as I've given myself this this time around, this dark night of the soul around, um, as I've specifically intentionally set aside time this time to be like, okay, you're not going to be making as many social engagements. You're not going to be seeing clients, really. You're not going to even open to new clients. I just opened up like a week ago to new clients um, because I feel like I'm finally starting to come up on the other side. Thank you. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, it's in, in, in this juxtaposition here of like, yeah, this time I knew to give myself the time and space. Like I listened, I knew it was coming. I followed all of the guidance. I shut down a lot of things so that I could go within and I could have the space to not even necessarily deep dive into myself, but just be, just be, and just rest. And looking at that in relation to what happened in fall of 2015 and into early 2016 for me, it was like my whole body just forced me. It was like, all right, human, <laughs> you're gonna sit your butt down. You are gonna lay on the couch for hours a day. You are going to be just totally incapacitated. I and I had moved, um, I had moved to where I'm living now, which is Grand Rapids. Um, I had moved here um straight out of college and I had zero friends here. Like I hadn't lived here um for high school. So my parents moved here when I was um when I was already gone out of the house. And so it was like, I just didn't have any energy. I wasn't about to go out and make any friends. I wasn't like, it was just so 
And the couple of times that I did try, like I tried to go through to like a couple of um, some mutual friends, music shows or whatever. And I tried to make friends there and whatever. But I remember so clearly like being, I would spend hours just so anxious about what am I going to wear? How am I going to act? How am I going to present myself? How are they going to see me? Um, and I would just show up to these gigs like an anxious mess and consistently questioning like if the people around me truly saw me and then if I did I even want them to see me and I couldn't even see myself and so it was like a couple of those and then I said screw this I'm home full time I'm done um and and so yeah it it really is this kind of um bizarre moment in time where it's like there's there's almost this crisis that happens of I don't know who I am, you know, and they call it the midlife crisis, but uh, with Dark Knight, it's so much more than, you know, what am I doing with my life? It's like literally a complete loss of self. Um, Uh, there's, there's a song. I have a really good friend of mine. Who's, who's a musician. He's a songwriter. Um, and he, he has these lyrics that are like just at the tip of my tongue right now, but, um, essentially the, the song, um, the song says, I, I choose to forget myself, um, so that the truth can find me. Um, and he, and the, the whole song is about the dark night of the soul. Um, you know, I'm okay with resting in the sacred darkness. Um, and I feel like there's so much potency in that here, you know, in, in this idea of if we can just surrender in these moments of the dark night, like anybody who's going through the dark night of the soul, this is my advice to you, not that you asked, but you're getting it. Um, You know, if you if you can surrender to the understanding that by forgetting yourself and allowing yourself to forget yourself in those moments, it's what it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate way to grow towards yourself. Because you are in those moments, essentially just like shedding multiple layers of conditioning that you don't even know you're shedding because it's all happening subconsciously as you're getting upgraded into this new version of who you are becoming. Um, And there's no way you would be able to become that person if it weren't for um, being able to forget who you are were before yeah yeah I, I love everything everything that you said and I think that you know it, you're absolutely right when we go through these through these dark nights of the soul and we will continue going through them I have I've gone that I'm aware of I've gone through too I'm sure that before my big one there were other small ones mm-hmm. Um, but with my second one, it was after my first big one. So I was very, very resistant. Mm 
Mm. Very resistant. I did not want to surrender. I wanted to just stay in this, you know, blissful place of of self um, self discovery and self improvement. And I didn't want to slow down. And that's actually when I ended season one of my podcast because I was like, mm. I am just. I have to slow down. I have to stop and be still. And sometimes, you know, our soul will force us to stop and to slow down. And it's like you said, you, you didn't have a choice with that one. You, you had to just lay there for, you know, months because you needed the time to rest. You needed, your body needed to rest. Your mind needed to rest. Your soul needed to rest. And whenever we're willing to just accept that, when those moments come through where we are experiencing this dark night of the soul or the spiritual depression, we have to just accept that this is what we need. Our soul needs this so that we can continue to grow and we can continue to up level. And the easier, it will be so much easier when we just surrender to the now. Do we just surrender to the present moment that right now I feel like garbage and it's okay. Right yeah. now, I don't want to leave the couch. I don't want to see anyone. I don't mm-hmm. want to do anything but lay down and eat trash food, you know, whatever it is. Like, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you said that last part too, because I feel like specifically in, in spiritual communities, there can be so much shaming for like um, not not eating right or for, you know, consuming things. And when I say consuming things, I'm not just talking about food, but consuming things that um, are kind of quote unquote, low vibration. But I feel like, you know, to deny ourselves of those simple pleasures sometimes is just like, that is going against the healing in many ways. And so I love Mm -hmm. that you, you brought that up too. Oh yeah, I I agree. Me and my husband actually have this conversation a lot because of course, you know, we're on this spiritual path, but we are still human beings and we're having a human experience and everyone is different. Um, You know, whatever you consume, whatever you eat, whatever you watch, whatever you intake, no matter in what form, you know, that is your personal decision that is your personal journey and as long as you are aware of what you're consuming and you are being mindful about it don't let anyone shame you or you know don't let your don't shame yourself you know like if you feel like going out and eating taco bell and watching a bunch of trashy comedies then then do that if you you know are having a bad day and you want to go home and have a glass of wine or you know 12 glasses of wine I couldn't do that. I would be under the table. I mean, if you want to smoke pot, I mean, whatever it is, whatever your vice is, I don't care if anyone says it's bad for you or low vibrational, as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting someone else, do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's that last piece that's key, right? It's like, as long as you're not hurting yourself. And I think there are so many people in the spiritual community who would look at that and be like, well, of course, like, like, as soon as you consume it, you're hurting yourself, right? Because it's not pure, and it's all chemicals, and it's blah, 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 blah. But I think it's more, it's, it's less about the actual substance and more so about the, um, or, or 
media um, and more so about the intention with which it is being approached. Um, so it's like, you know, for instance, you go to Taco Bell. By the way, this is not an endorsement for Taco Bell. <laughs> they are not sponsoring this episode. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so let's say you go to Taco Bell, you get a bunch of tacos. Are you doing it because you're trying to drown your feelings in the tacos and you're like, oh man, like I'm gonna, you know, just stuff my face full of Taco Bell because I'm angry and I'm gonna eat my feelings, right? <laughs> is that is that how it's happening? Or is it because you're like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna tune in, huh? And I've had this happen before where it's like, my body needs that right now, hmm, okay. I'm here for it, you know, and I go out and I eat whatever it is. My body needs sugar right now. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel, uh, wait, does it not feel right? Because of my like spiritual logic over here. Yep. That's exactly what's going on. Nope. My body needs sugar right now. And that's exactly what needs to happen. So, you know, I, I think it's, um, it's really about the intention with which we, with which we approach it and understanding like, are we, are we turning towards these things because we're avoiding ourselves or because they are actually comforting us in a way that's more healing than were we to, um, to, were we to not allow ourselves to have those things? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even, I also want to say like, even if you know that you're consuming something that's not good for you, if you still have awareness on what it is that it's, you know, helping you with what mm -hmm. it is, like what its purpose is to ease this time for you, you know, maybe you're, you are really stressed and, you know, you, you need some kind of, some kind of pick me up or some kind of vice, and it may not be the healthiest choice, but if you go into it with that awareness, I still think that that's okay because that's where you are, you know, in, right now, like that's where you are on your journey and you're making a conscious choice to consume these things or to take part in these things. And that's still okay. You shouldn't guilt yourself because we're all different and we're all, you know, we're all on different paths. We're all on different levels of our paths. And it's okay if you did 30 days of being a vegan and then your last day, you're like, I'm going to go to McDonald's and I'm going to eat a cheeseburger. Like mm -hmm. that's okay. Just, just, you know, like, obviously tune in, listen to your body and try to make the, you know, the best choice for you. But sometimes the best choice for you is going to not look the same for someone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting too. I, me and my researcher brain, I have started to find these correlations first with myself. And then I've noticed them with other people as well, that what happens is that when we are like coming into some sort of spiritual upgrade, I've noticed that's when the junk food happens. Like, and, and so what I've come to kind of discern and, and piece together is my understanding of it is that we can't handle the like all at the same time right like this huge like ascension upgrade everything's clear and coming in and blah, blah 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 and so it's like we we do something to like block the system just a little bit so that we can continue to stay grounded and human and so it's like these high 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 vibrations get offset 
by the kind of quote low vibrational foods or media or whatever it is so that it kind of like balances out and evens out a little bit more and makes it a smoother transition into that upgrade um yeah so yeah that makes a lot of sense um actually like wow yeah that that makes perfect sense and I like what you said about balance because for me I feel like that's one of the biggest the biggest things that we can strive for in everyday life on whatever path you're on is balance like yes you are a spiritual being but you're also a human being so you know find that balance you don't have to always be high vibrational and only consuming high vibrational you know things all the time sometimes you're going to gravitate towards the lower vibrational things and that's okay it's all about balance and that looks completely different for other people and especially if they are going through some you know really intense upgrades you might you know really need something else to really ground you out and bring back in that earth element mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so before we before we wrap up do you want to talk about any offerings that you've got going on right now? I know that you said you're still kind of slowly uh, adding stuff back in, so you may not have a lot going on, but that's okay. Um, and, you know, just share a little bit about what people can find on your website. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I am actually open to seeing apprenticeship clients right now, um, which I'm really excited and ready for. (laughs) Um, So uh, basically what that looks like, it's 16 weeks, um, 60 to 90 minute sessions, although I run on Rachel and spirit time. (laughs) And um, so it's, you know, it'll be kind of whatever needs to roll out. But um, I've, I've completed quite a few of these apprenticeships. They're all such, the graduates are such incredible and powerful human beings who are making wonderful change, um, all over the world. Um, and I'm just excited to bring somebody new, uh, under my wing. Um, I don't specifically teach my practices, uh, unless it's asked, um, but it's more so, uh, you know, a training for practitioners or people who are wanting to become practitioners of any sort um, in any capacity in the fields of healing, um, who are wanting to know themselves better and really excavate themselves to be able to help other people from an even deeper level um, and from a very ethical level. Um, so I do have that offering on board. Um, and you can find that on my website. So if you go to doorwaytoself.com and you click on offerings, you'll be able to find that there and apply. Um, and uh, then I'm also offering astrology sessions, which I'm also really excited about. And that's not on my website. Spirit was very specific in guiding me to offer that via email. So if you are interested in having your chart interpreted um, or I really enjoy reading um, joint charts. So doing more sinistry readings. So um, if you have a partner or a sister or a brother or a friend or a mom or a dad or whomever 
that, or maybe like a bunch of people too, if you want your whole family um, to have a session, uh, we would compare astrology charts and kind of look and see how you guys relate and how you could communicate better and um, where maybe some of your um, conflicts of interest come in and et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. So I love doing those so much. And you can email doorwaytoself at gmail.com um, and sign up for one of those. Uh, we can get something on the books for that. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at doorway to self at the doorway to self podcast and also my personal journey at rachel.leah.gerson. Um, through the month of April, I am putting out a bunch of poetry because uh, it's National Poetry Month. So that's fun. And um, you can also find me at 13moonsmagazine.com where I'm a monthly columnist. So uh, you can check out my articles there. And uh, you can also check out my podcast, which is the Dory to Self podcast, uh, available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, etc., etc., so on and so forth. So, yeah, those yes. are all the things. <laughs> yes, and I will drop a lot of links below in the description so that you can find Rachel. And I definitely recommend checking out her website and, of course, her podcast. And Thirteen Moons. Yeah, Thirteen. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah awesome yeah I did read an article that you did on there that I thought was really interesting so yeah awesome thank thanks. you so much for being on the show thanks for having me this has been such a blast thank you so much for joining me today if you enjoyed this episode please share it with someone you love and it would mean so much to me if you could rate review and subscribe so that the podcast can reach and assist more people until next time, I'm sending you so much love. Wait, before you go, I want to share how you can receive a free reading with me. Listeners of the podcast, if you go and leave me a review on Apple and then send me that review to ChasingSpirituality.com, you can get a chance to win a free reading of your choice. This can be psychic or mediumship. Once a month, I will choose one of the listeners to receive the reading, and I won't pull your name out of the drawing until you're chosen. This will help the podcast grow, but will also allow me to give back to my listeners. Hope to hear from you soon.